0: So, first, to Bruce Shapiro, who's huddling away, huddling inside home because there's a wild storm going out there. Bruce, would you be kind enough to tell the beloved listeners and Philip about Philadelphia?
1: My goodness, Philadelphia. You know, um, of course, Philadelphia <laughs> was the birthplace of American constitutional democracy. It's where the Declaration of Independence was signed. It's where the Constitution was written back in 1789 and the Bill of Rights and all that. And it's also where Joe Biden showed up um, in the square outside of Independence Hall last week to give a barn burner of a speech. Um, Gone was the soft dad, let's get all along, uh, designated mourner, healing Joe of the... First months of his presidency, instead the gloves were off, and here on the the eve of the of the uh, with, you know ten weeks to go before the midterm elections, he came out swinging, doing something pretty unusual um, for him, uh, naming the former president, the 45th president, Donald Trump, by name, um, and really hitting over and over again the folks he called MAGA Republicans, really trying to drive a wedge between the hardcore Trump base and more moderate Republican voters, unaffiliated voters who may vote Republican, etc. It was a, a kind of remarkable performance. Clearly, Biden has decided both because of um, former President Trump's legal troubles, um, because of Democratic successes in the primaries that you and I have talked about, because of his own legislative successes, that this is going to be a season to um, be quite combative, that the stakes in the in this midterm election he he is portraying it anyway as about much more than just control of congress but rather a kind of rerun of the presidential election he has resurrected his phrase the battle for the soul of america um and he's just he's going all the way there which it wasn't what well, he was going to do
0: is using the f word uh, a sort of a, a dangerous echo of hillary and the deplorables
1: uh, well, and the, the, it should be said, the F, F word or uh, the fascism word was not in that speech. It was a couple of days before, um, in another rally. But there is, you know, there's a risk. I think that Trump's or uh, that, that 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 escalating Biden's rhetoric against Trump certainly could potentially could alienate the Trump, more moderate Trump voters, people who voted for Trump because they always vote for Republicans, um, as opposed to those who show up at Trump rallies. The gamble, I think, what what's making it worthwhile for Biden to do this is, first of all, his own um, background and style, which is much less elite than Hillary's, he's less saddled in the public mind with um being a kind of elite technocrat passing judgment on um the 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 basket of deplorables to use Hillary's phrase. That's that's not Biden's style. Um, but secondly, you know what what the primary elections showed from uh, from New York to Alaska were that the Democratic base was highly motivated by uh, Dobbs, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, highly motivated by Trump's authoritarian rhetoric, highly motivated um, by um, the possibility of a, of a Republican congressional majority, and that uh, Republican turnout was largely dampened. Um, that, I think... Led the President and his team to decide that this is the campaign on which to wage a fundamental a fundamental battle that this midterm election as much as last year's presidential election, um, will determine not only a, a congressional majority but the nature of american politics for a long time
0: the speech uh, took place in a very ominous setting i'm told at night with red lights in the backdrop <laughs> described in the atlantic as having darth vader optics how did those vader optics uh, play out at fox news bruce
1: <laughs> You know, it was an interesting. It was an interesting choice. Um, seizing the Republican color red, but turning it a, into a kind of a blood red or, or Darth Vader background. I, you know, what, what Fox and other Republican commentators seized on was not just the the, the dramatic. Um, stage set, but in particular, the presence of U.S. Marines who marched onto stage um, playing hail to the chief ahead of um, Biden's appearance and, and were visible throughout, um, you know, the very Republicans who cheered Donald Trump's um, display of U.S. military might every time he he took a walk around the block um we're critical of Biden putting Marines on stage here. I think this is a secondary transient issue. Look, the the, the real issue is, in fact, the nature, the exceptional nature of this campaign that the um, Republican candidates in at the state level... And at the congressional level do include so many unapologetic Trump supporters, do include so many outright election deniers, part of the theme of Biden's speech, um, people who are refusing still to acknowledge the legitimacy of the Biden presidency. And by the way, former President Trump, um, two days later, showed up in the same state uh, in the working class town of Wilkes-Barre for uh, one of his... Rallies his first rally since the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and he too doubled down. He called Biden the enemy of the state, um, echoing his enemy of the people rhetoric directed at journalists in the 2016 campaign. Um, he gave no ground at all on his uh, use of of you know quite authoritarian rhetoric and on his claim that the election in 2020 was actually his victory um you know this is pennsylvania is now the flashpoint in this big national battle which is not only about congress and not even only about president trump's continued domination of the republican party but about the nature of american politics going forward um president biden kept talking about rejecting violence in his speech. And indeed, when hecklers showed up first at Biden's uh, speech at Independence Hall and then again at a rally uh, yesterday in Ohio, he made a big deal saying, no, let him speak. Everyone has a right to be an idiot. He, he, he emphasized First Amendment rights as opposed to former President uh, Trump's, you know, throw the bums out Rhetoric going all the way back to 2016, which has so dominated American politics. So there's kind of something deep about civil society going on here. And let's remember that the Republican Party is itself fractured. Um, We saw Liz Cheney defeated. We've seen Karl Rove, the former Bush advisor, being very, very critical of donald trump and uh even former i'm sorry general... i'm
0: sorry run that past me again uh, Critical of trump
1: indeed carl rove uh has in news appearance after news appearance in the last couple of weeks talked about how there's no legitimate reason for donald trump to have um, retained national security documents uh, th- th- it's very clear That Rove has lined himself up with what is now the exiled traditional conservative faction of the Republican Party. Uh, Look, even former President Trump's uh, former attorney general, um, Bill Barr, to describe the president's claims of entitlement to to the people's records at Mar-a-Lago described the, the argument as, and I, you know, trigger warning here, I'm going to use adult language, but this is quoting a former attorney general quoted in the New York Times, and I quote, a crock of shit, okay, uh, unquote. This is the kind of language that Republicans themselves, traditional conservative Republicans are now using to talk about the former president. So you've got pushing and pulling within the Republican Party, um, Democrats seeing an exceptional moment where for the first time in six months, there's not only the possibility of holding on to the Senate, but even a narrow but real path to maintain a control the
0: Let's uh, head north to Alaska, where uh, Sarah Sarah Palin's plan for a comeback have been well, at least temporarily, thwarted. Tell me about this. Well,
1: this is uh, this is remarkable, and this is one of these these exceptional Democratic victories. We had you know, the last primary of the season uh, in Alaska, and Sarah Palin, despite being um, the best known figure to emerge out of national politics, was, well, it was not a primary, but a special election for a seat uh, left vacant by the death of a Republican congressman. Uh, and Palin was soundly defeated by Mary Peltola, uh, a Democrat the uh, first Democrat elected to Congress from Alaska in decades, an indigenous woman, the first indigenous woman to hold statewide office. Um, and it was a really interesting an interesting race. First of all, this was the first time in Alaska that they had employed uh, ranked choice voting. Uh, familiar to you folks new to us in the United States um, there were two Republican candidates Sarah Palin and uh, Nick beggick another uh, fellow Republican um, they will all be facing one another again in the regular election in the fall Palin has been quick uh, to blame the rank choice system this seems not to be the case uh, it seems to be the case that ranked choice voting did what it's supposed to do, but that a clear, solid plurality of voters coalesced around Mary Peltola, um, who is very well known in the state, who has a reputation as kind of a peacemaker. Indeed, one of the interesting things is that she and Palin, who know each other from their years in the state legislature, remained friends and talked in quite civil terms and generous terms about one another throughout the election. But it's a you know, a defeat for um, not only Palin as a celebrity, but arguably the person who introduced what today we think of as Trumpism into american politics when she became john mccain's running rate running mate back in uh
0: 2012. before we part company bruce i'd like you to go back to philadelphia and introduce us to dr oz
1: (laughs) well as i said philadelphia is is in many ways the epicenter of this year's election battles it's a huge state but it's also one that had that swings Toward both parties in all kinds of ways, and one of the marquee races there, and indeed the marquee Senate race nationally, is between Dr. Mehmet Oz, uh, celebrity cardiologist and seller of diet pills, uh, who's endorsed by Donald Trump, uh, and uh, John Fetterman, current Democratic lieutenant governor. Both he's not a are bad
0: bloke, is he, Fetterman?
1: well he you know he as uh, he's a progressive democrat he is for marijuana legalization he is uh, he, he's he's for expanded reproductive rights access, expanded um health care all of the kind of progressive democratic stuff. he's also a very idiosyncratic character who likes to walk around in cargo shorts and uh, um, who had a stroke uh just before. The Democratic primary um, has yet has been uh, leading now in all the polls against uh, Dr. Oz, who has made a number of of tactically, truly spectacularly uh, entertaining steps, including um, a sort of George Bush one worthy trip to the supermarket um, in an ad trying to. claim that he understands people's worries about the price of food and inflation and and pulling up vegetables for crudite in a way that was truly ludicrous. Uh he clearly had no idea what any of these vegetables were for. He also has largely been absent. He has houses all over the US. He's not a, a not a, a a Pennsylvania resident and that's made him a really rich target. But this is genuinely one of the key races for control of the United States Senate. Bruce, Um, I've got to wind you up now because uh,
0: we're heading off to talk about mining in Africa. But uh, we'll be back next week and we will pick it up where we left it off with Bruce Shapiro, LNL on Radio National.
1: Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.